Welcome to the Sunday Moment. This week's topic, I'm asking, exploring, why dysfunction is now our norm. So, probably over the last probably week or two, really all throughout July, people have been texting me, messaging me, asking me, like cosmically what is going on like what's going on as far as astrology are there retrogrades happening i love the level of awareness um but i said in one of these past well i know i've posted it on facebook at least but i did say in one of these past episodes that a lot of what we're encountering, I don't even feel like it's necessarily supported or seen or demonstrated through astrology. I really feel like a lot of what we have going on is the, it's the fallout. It's the result of people exerting their free will. So you have a bunch of folks who are like, I can, and I will, And they take that to heart and they're doing the most. And I mean, this is just regular, you know, life. You do things, things happen. Um, This isn't about consequences or anything like that. This is, you know, you want to be scientific for every action. There's a reaction. So when you do things, things happen. And this is where we're at. We are kind of in this culmination of people are just doing things. Most of it doesn't make sense. Most of it's not even smart. Most of it's not even rational. So if you have just this influx of people doing things without thinking, um, I mean, what do you think is going to happen? So this is where we are. We kind of sit at that crossroads. On top of that, I kind of feel like as well, when you've removed yourself from certain situations, when you've, you know, kind of gone into other areas, other frequencies, you see these things a lot easier and you see them from different perspectives that really make you think or really make you say like, ah, that's uncomfortable. I don't want to live there. Um, and so I think that is the basis of what's going on. And that's kind of where this conversation is going to stem from today. So I was talking with a client recently and we were talking about like just how I'm going to use the word uncomfortable, but how uncomfortable things feel now, like how off track, uncomfortable, off track, like out of balance things feel. And we started breaking it down. And I told her, I said, you know, it's interesting to me because I said, driving down the street now, you know, when I was growing up, We used to have the squeegee boys in Baltimore and they still do. So those boys would, I mean, and they were around since like the nineties, you stop at the light, 
they come out with the squeegee, they squeegee your windshield, they don't ask you, they just do it, and then expect you to pay them a couple dollars, right? And for the most part, people did. It was a good hustle. I mean, hell, it was helpful sometimes. But there was a period where they kind of got out of hand. And that kind of um, hustle, it, it, it breeded folks who just became entitled, right? So they have a whole nother issue with that going on at, in Baltimore. But I'm here in Atlanta and like just, I was telling my client, I said, you know, it's getting to be a bit much to even stop at a stoplight because now there's the panhandling has gotten out of control. Now I'm not having this conversation from some type of elevated pedestal. This is me looking around and being like, what is the symptom of all this? Like what is actually happening? Where, where's the root of this all coming from? And obviously it's, you know, social structure, society issues, um, financial collapse, like all of these things are happening, right? But I also think it speaks to this mindset of I'm going to do whatever I want to do, right? And so I said, you know, I feel like, you know, a lot of this stuff comes from what we're encountering every day. And I said, I feel like we're encountering these things every day and we're not paying attention to all of these nuances and all of these things that are happening around us and how all of it is creating how we're feeling. So the increased anxiety, um, I've, I've talked to so many people who just feel incompetent. They feel like, I'm supposed to be doing something, but I can't figure out what I'm supposed to be doing. And so then they just kind of fall down that rabbit hole. Lots of people just feeling sluggish or the experience of FOMO, like feeling like they're just missing out on things. Um, I've had an influx of folks with a decreased desire to socialize. I mean, we still, for all intents and purposes, are in a pandemic. Um, and it's like, pandemic on top of pandemic here comes a new wave here comes a new strain and now here comes monkeypox and people are like what the hell is that right so all these things like continue to compound and they continue to bombard us with fear tactics over things like there's all this stuff that's continuing to happen and I'm telling her I said I don't think we realize how much our nervous systems endure in the course of a day so we start breaking this down, right? Um, and I'm telling her, I said, you know, one of the things that has really been bothering me and causing a level of anxiety in me, I said, you know, I drive down the street and I'm at the stoplight and you got people panhandling. They no longer sit on the side with a sign they actually get out at the red light and walk through traffic. Now, sometimes some folks just walk through the middle lane of the traffic and they kind of wave and they have their sign. I said, but it's getting bolder. Like they actually walk up to your window, knock on your window, ask you to roll the window down. Um, they start pointing the stuff in your car. Like I'm always snacking, I'm always eating or something. Like they, they're asking for specific amounts of money. I'm like, 
how do you get the 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 nerve to just walk up to strangers and bang on their window while they're at a red light and be like, I need some money. It's out of hand. And I said, but this isn't just like, oh, you go through one intersection and it's kind of like concentrated there. I said, it's everywhere. I said, I drive down the street now. There are people living at the bus stops. Um, I've seen, the, and, and it's the same people um, they walk around with their suitcases. Like they have lots of suitcases. Um, there's one woman I pass every day. She's got like a whole spread on the side of the street. Um, she's got a whole setup just on the sidewalk in the middle of the sidewalk. Um, I said, but it's not concentrated because I was driving through a part that's seemingly a little bit more affluent once you get a little further down and um I said there's this attractive family um a young family it's the husband the wife and the two kids and I said I've driven past a couple times and the kids are out there playing with toy trucks it's two little girls and they're quietly playing nicely and mom sits with them and maybe gives them a sippy cup or something. And when the traffic stops, dad gets up and he's attractive too. He's attractive and young. He gets up with a sign and says, hey, there's my family over there. And he starts walking through the traffic. And I said, so it's not concentrated. It, and I said, and it's to the point where you don't get to not see it. You don't get to make a decision like it's hard for me to make a decision when I'm in traffic and there's two cars behind me two cars on the side of me like where am I going I, I can't it's too much I said the water boys are one thing you know which is even another thing to me because I'm like these bottles of water like once you add that up you're not really making no money so what are you doing out in the middle of the street running up selling Aquafina at that. Like, aqua, ain't nobody drinking Aquafina. Ain't nobody drinking Dasani. And I see these random kids just holding bottles of water. It's not even a circuit of kids who are like, oh, let me really make some cash. Let me do something legit. I mean, occasionally they'll have a Gatorade, but I'm like, this can't be netting anything. But I told her, I said, at the same time, I said, when we used to do sports and extracurricular things, we had bake sales. Now, I know people aren't going to really, you know, get into bake sales too much because of increase of food allergies, um, you know, all kinds of stuff, food safety stuff. This is a totally different time. So, no, we're not selling brownies and stuff like that because you could barely trick or treat. But I said, we used to sell candy bars or... Um, we did car washes like car washes was that that was the huge thing to do. You would do a car wash. You would do a fundraiser. I said, now I just see these teams, cheerleading teams, whatever. They stand on the corner in their in their uniforms with other adults with buckets and they just walk through traffic and solicit donations which has got to be hard because people don't really carry cash like that 
And so now, because people don't carry cash, they put a cash app on the sign. So they're just standing there saying, hey, can you support our team? Well, I don't know your team. I don't know where your team plays. What's your team's record? Why do I want to support the team? I said, but this, I said, you know what's frustrating me? Because I'm trying to understand the mindset that this kind of behavior speaks to. You know, like there's a mindset that's there that's plaguing us. And I feel like we're missing the point. And so we kept talking about it and just kept breaking it down. You got social media that reports any and every incident super quickly. It's like immediate, right? And then as soon as you scroll, it's not just one outlet. It's like everybody's posting the same thing because in order to get seen, in order for algorithms to hit, they all got to be talking about the same thing, right? And so every outlet is going to post the same thing and then they're going to post it to sensationalize it. They're going to post and say, what are your thoughts on this? What's the conversation? There's no, even when they post it, there's no productive conversation. It's just like free for all open into question. What do you think? But it gets people talking. There's in, talking in circles. There's no solution. There's no, there's no rationalization of anything. Um, you know, we talked about how we have so much info just bombarding us that it does what I call creating a ghost competition. So somewhere in your head, you're in competition with all the stuff you see. Oh, I have to go out like that. Um, I have to wear clothes like that. My body has to look like that. Um, I have to spend money like that. Oh, this is what luxury is. So I have to do this. I have to do that. It creates this ghost competition when reality, you don't even like really, you don't really even know what you're really looking at there. It's also become on trend to attention seek through any negative behavior for shock value. So now you have skit that people are doing it's not even real and you gotta ask like oh is this a skit on social media or is this for real because they're doing it to generate conversation so people are just doing the most for shock value and it goes viral but all these things are constant pings to our nervous system um you know people have found like a voice a home a platform by crying and using nudity as an expression of depression. Here's the thing. Nudity, the human body, the human body is a, it's an art form. It's a work of art. It's beautiful. But there became a fine line between art, expression, and being naked just on the internet. Who decides what is art and what's not? I mean, it can be totally subjective. You know what I mean? Like some people can be like, oh, I think that's art. And some people will be like, no, it's not. But what I was finding was that there are these communities that are being created that perpetuate depression. It just perpetuates it. Oh, I'm depressed today. I'm online. I'm crying. 
Um, and I want you guys to relate to that. Well, there's nothing wrong with relating to it, but can you ever speak to what happens when you lift the depression? You tend to not be able to talk about the good times because now you've had everyone gathered in all the negative times. So it's kind of equivalent to the reason why nobody wants to hear Mary J sing happy songs because we've, we've sat with her through all those hard times and she's gotten us through the depths of our hard times. And we're like, Hey, keep getting us out of that. This is the same thing. It's the same kind of thinking. It's just kind of like these whole communities that are like, okay, you know, I want to come out and talk about mental health. Great. We need to have that conversation, but there also needs to be productive, healthy, professional conversation about what depression really is, what anxiety really is, how you move through, how you can elevate your mood, you know, the difference between clinical and situational. Um, we're not having those conversations are being had, but they're also being avoided by that community that I'm speaking of. And there's a lot of bonding through negative negativity, through a lowered vibration, through living in these low spaces. And once you start bonding there, it makes it difficult for you to ever elevate out because you start to um, focus your whole, your, your image, your self image around that. And then it's like, but I made these friends here in this lower space. Once you start to elevate, you can see where the incongruencies fit and people have trouble with that. And so what do they do? They come back to what they know, especially if it's gotten you thousands of likes, lots of attention, maybe a sponsorship here or there. Like if you've made money off of that, if you've made what you perceive to be uh, friendships or any type of other, um, what I call a cost benefit from it, you're, you're going to stay there. That's problematic. It's really problematic. Um, and people don't like having this conversation because they like to feign having triggers and things like that. But we really got to start talking about this because it's the blind leading the blind. It's, it's really the blind leading the blind there. And um, I've, I've seen retreats where it's like, oh, yes, we came and we came together and we talked about these things. Where was the actual leadership that stopped you from having this lateral conversation? Like, where was the the upwardly mobile conversation that said, hey, I know you're dealing with this. All of this stuff is valid. Here's some tools that can help you properly deal versus it just being venting sessions and oh I got that off my chest we need to be able to do those things but we also need elevation um we talked about how it's become contrary it's become very chic 
to be contrary. Like, you know, there are some people who just make a living off of being contrary for shock value. It's, it's become very chic. Um, our food isn't healthy. Our, our food just isn't healthy. I remember, um, you know, I've always struggled with my iron, but um, I'd gone into the doctor at one point and got my blood work done. And it's like, oh, you know, your iron is, you know, basically trash. Um, and I said, well, I'm taking these vitamins. And I remember the doctor saying, well, let's say for instance, I think it's like kale. He's like the kale that we eat today is nothing like the kale that our grandparents ate, which actually had vitamins and nutrients. Says half of the stuff that we eat now doesn't have any of that in there, no matter how healthy you think you're eating. So you have to add supplements because the food just isn't, it's, it's not giving (laughs) as they say, like it's, it's not giving us anything, um, healthy that we need. You know, overall, we're desensitized and that leads to decreased compassion, decreased empathy. We talk too about how people are deemed to be experts simply because of their experience versus actual true knowledge. So your experience is a a part of imparting knowledge and that is all valuable. But then what happens is when you actually have somebody who comes through with the valid knowledge to teach, they're they're shunned. And so people don't, it's like, no, 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 my truth is my truth. Well, that's your truth. That's true. But there also needs to be some valid knowledge. That's where the tools come in, you know, um, so we're really in this space where we, we're doing a lot of things for the show or it's the opposite. There are people who are living, people who are existing and people don't even see them. So we've like, where do we go? We were talking about that. Me and my client were talking about that. And we was like, where do we go from there? You know what I mean? Like, how, how do we how do we get out of that space right so we were saying I was we we started digging into this right and talking about how we've normalized so many spaces that aren't healthy like instead of acknowledging and progressing um we have these moments of recognizing and then we normalize all of this dysfunction so we can cope or just not feel alone. Like we, we start to normalize it. So it's like, oh yeah, it's, it's okay to be this. And that's cool to be like, yes, this thing exists. But when we start to normalize it in order to fit in, in order to understand it, that's where we're starting to have the problem. One thing, um, you know, and I said it a little bit earlier, there's a difference between having like a clinical level of depression and anxiety or having situational depression and anxiety. And that was, (laughs) 
that was one of the reasons why it was so hard for me when I worked clinically. It was so very hard for me to do things because my hands were bound with the way that I could um, address a lot of situations that presented with my clients. And so I had a lot of clients who had situational issues. You know what? You've been on Xanax bars forever because you're in this relationship with this person you shouldn't be with. And so if you got rid of that person, if you relieved yourself of that relationship, there goes the anxiety, right? It's it's out the window. Um, you're working hard in this job where you've gone into this field and, you know, it's not where you're supposed to be. Like your soul recognizes that that's not where you're supposed to be. And so you feel these levels of anxiety all the time, right? And then those levels of anxiety start to kick in and they start to take over. And so now you're like, oh, I'm constantly dealing with anxiety, but you're dealing with that level of anxiety because you're You're in a space that's not true to what your soul needs. And so here you are. So I was never able to address that with a holistic approach because, you know, we're told to do things in a clinical way per billing, um, you know, that have to do with medication. And so it makes things that are situational look very clinical when it's not. And so then we have people who are long term dragging out situations that they they shouldn't still be in. Like, you know, if if you could speak to needing to transition out of that job and getting yourself a better quality of life, then your anxiety and depression could go away. It could dissipate, right? But, you know, there is no money in what they see as a cure. Um, There's also no money in empowering people to choose spaces that nurture them, you know, because then they can't stay on your caseload for a year where you can bill for them. A lot of times people are dealing with situational stuff because they don't have a good balance of mind, body, and spirit. And simply because they don't, they haven't gotten a chance to know themselves. Like when I'm doing a lot of transformational work, That's a huge part. You know, people will come to me wanting to talk about a specific relationship that they have. And I'm like, we can sit and break down this relationship all day and make it as though this relationship is the issue. But this relationship isn't actually the issue. The issue is how and why you're in this relationship. And if we don't look at who you are and how you think and how you love and how you step into relationships, you'll step into something else again with somebody totally different, but you'll do the same thing. You'll pick the same person, right? And so 
we have like when we actually start to address our dysfunction that way things change right a lot of our dysfunction i believe comes from people not knowing how to protect their spirit they just don't know how to protect their spirit we we're out of balance emotionally and so the emotional intelligence just it's not there people don't set boundaries so this level of dysfunction has become our norm. And instead of being able to move forward, it's like nothing is progressing. We're, I almost feel like sometimes we are moving backwards to a degree. Um, I almost feel like there are times where um, we're at a standstill. And so I was just like, you know, what are we supposed to do with this? You know what I mean? Like, what are we supposed to do with this realization that we are creating a space where dysfunction has become our norm? I think it's difficult because we have to get to the point where um, we recognize that certain things are dysfunctional. And it's interesting to me because we spend a lot of time labeling so many different things, but the stuff we need to label, we don't. Um, and so I think there has to be a space where we kind of label things properly so we can see it for what it is in order to work with it. It's like, if you don't label this piece of fruit an apple, and it's really like, and you're looking at an apple and an orange. If you don't label it an apple, you won't peel it right. Because you don't peel an apple and an orange the same way. So you got to know that you're working with an apple. So you don't go about it like you would an orange. Because it's not an orange. You need to know what to do with an apple. You don't use them in cooking the same. You can cook an apple down. You, you're not really cooking oranges down you know what I mean so you have to be very clear with yourself as to what you're dealing with I think the other part to this just that spiritual piece is that we have to be aware the other piece of being aware of who we are has to do with understanding you know what our soul is asking us to do has to do with understanding, um, you know, where we're asking, where we're being asked to be, what, are, what our assignment is for things. Right. And so when we have that clarity, um, when we have those divine relationships, we feel a lot better about moving into the things that we're being called to do. We don't feel like we're there and we're dealing with imposter syndrome. Like we move into these things and say, you know what? If I'm called to be here, then I can master this. Like I can do this. And we, we push through even with fear. So I think a lot of what we have, I mean, obviously a lot of what we have going on is societal, um, you know, structural things, you know, what happens with our financial structures, what happens with our structures that give us um, our medical support. We have huge, huge issue there. But 
there's also this space where spiritually, where are you being led? And why are you being led there? That's a huge question that has to be answered. Because a lot of times people are being led down these spaces because other people went, um, because other people are looking at it. Like I said, I can't tell you how many times people send me videos of stuff and they're like, did you see this? And I'm like, oh, like you don't see the problem with that. You don't you don't see energetically what the issue is. So I don't open a lot of my DMs. I don't open stuff from people that I don't usually talk to. The people that I usually talk to don't send me stuff that's detrimental to my spirit. But other people will want to know, well, what do you think about this? I don't because I don't delve into it. I don't tap into it because immediately from the door, my intuition said, "Uh uh-uh, this ain't good for my spirit. And so I'm wondering like why yours didn't. People are too open. And if you don't kind of get a a level on what your dysfunction is, because everybody's dysfunction is different. Everybody has dysfunction and everybody's dysfunction is different. If you don't get a level on what your dysfunction is, you're going to fall for anything. You're going to be in any spot. And so, you know, my client and I, when we're having this discussion, we I just was saying, I said, we've got all this stuff that's happening around us and we don't realize how it's doing a number on our nervous system. What do we have to do to calm our nervous system so we can have good perception, we can see things clearly and we, we're not just tapping in any damn where. Because when your nervous system is on 10,000, you're just like, well, is this place going to make me feel better? Is this place going to make me feel better? Is this going to make me feel better? You're just all over the place for no reason. For no reason. What do we have to do to bring our nervous systems down properly? So we aren't letting people, you know, invade our energetic space. So our boundaries aren't, you know completely out of whack what do we have to do to do that it's a process um i'm not gonna say there's one thing there's two things oh go out and garden and then that's gonna help your nervous system go swimming that's gonna help your nervous system um there are some basic things like um they have those salt suspension tubs and um you know some people need water for their um for their nervous system. Some people need dirt and earth and grounding. Whatever you need, that's something that you have to work on. This is part of why you have to get to know yourself so you can understand what you need. Do you need quiet time? Do you need more prayer time and meditation? Do you need to eat more rooted vegetables? All these things can be great. Do you need to spend more time with your therapist so you can, you know, unleash some things and, and, you know, peel back some layers. There's all these different answers to what we could be doing. And I feel like if everybody did their thing individually, and as you did that, if you felt empowered to speak up, speak out, you know, 
stand firm, be confident, show other people like, yeah, I'm, like I'm good over here. I don't no, I don't, I'm not watching every video that people send. I say that now. I used to just be like, oh, I don't want to hurt anybody's feeling because it felt like people were coming to me to kind of give me like an offering. Like, oh, I think you would find this funny. Half the stuff's not funny. Um, unless you really get my sense of humor and you've actually had like real conversation with me, half the stuff people send isn't funny. And the other time, you know, people just don't know, like, they're just like, Oh, let me just reach out over here. This space looks open. Let me just reach out over here. So you got people just tapping all day, messaging, inboxing, like they're just tapping all day. We don't need that. That's stimulating your nervous system all the time as well. Feeling like you have to always be accessible. So I want you just to, in your personal space, look at spaces that aren't healthy for you you know, places that aren't as healthy for you, places that haven't progressed for you, spaces that trigger your nervous system to be heightened. Those are going to be places of, um, of adjustment. Those are going to be places that we need to lean into a little bit more to heal. We can't avoid them. But the biggest thing is to understand societally all the things that are going on around us. You can do your own thing to work on your individual stuff. Like we're always all working on our own individual stuff, but we have to have that realization and that understanding that so many things are happening around us that are adding to that heightened sense of your nervous system just being out of whack. What kind of things can you take off your plate? You know, where can you really set these boundaries? Where can you kind of clear house? Even with some of the stuff that I mentioned earlier, where can you kind of clear house for yourself? So you start to give yourself that even keel and that balance you need, because that is where your intuition comes in. That is where your clarity comes in. That's where you that that sweet spot right there is where you feel empowered to make decisions that propel you forward. This has been your Sunday moment with your fairy godmother, Tamara Angela.